People have so many different reasons for wanting to learn a new language. Maybe you have an upcoming trip or just want to pick up a new hobby or a skill or just connect with a new culture. I know for me, when I was abroad in Barcelona in college, I'm not going to say that I was fluent in Spanish, but I definitely got to the point where I felt really confident conversing. And when I got home, my dad said to me, Emmy, if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. And he was so right. Like I entirely lost it. So Rosetta Stone has been really helpful for me. So if you are in that same boat or you want to learn a new language completely, you want to brush up your skills, whatever it is, I want to tell you about Rosetta Stone because they're the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. And it really kind of immerses you in the language that you want to learn. So first of all, they're the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. It's fast language acquisition. So they immerse you in many ways. First of all, there's no English translation. So you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language, which in my experience, I know I'm getting it when I start to think in the language. It's an intuitive process. So you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. And it's designed for long-term retention. Also, in terms of speech recognition, they have a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation and it's convenient. So desktop and app options with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. And it's an amazing value. You're getting lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone has to offer for 50% off, which is a steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Comments by Celebs listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash comments. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash comments today. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind Comments by Celebs. And welcome to episode nine from quarantine, right? So it's, it's nine? Crazy. I just can't believe that we've all been inside and we somehow still have enough content for this many episodes. It's unbelievable to me. It's unfucking believable. I'm so First of all, I'm very grateful. But I also have to say, like, the idea of going into a studio like we used to, it seems like such a foreign thought. Like, I know that's what we've been doing for the past year and a half, but my mom's closet in your basement, I feel like, have become our homes, you know? No. Well, I feel like in the beginning when we were first doing it, we were like, it's going to be so weird for us to do this. How are we going to do it without looking at each other? Like, it's going to be so, like, we never thought we'd get used to it. And now I forget what it's like to be in a studio. Yeah. And we were also, I think, so self-conscious about the audio and stuff. And like, you want to deliver good content. You don't know if you are. And then people were really encouraging and we're like, no, guys, it's definitely fine. I, I don't know. This whole thing, it just shows you how quickly you can adjust to a situation, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's wild. Um, Okay, in terms of today's content, there's not a crazy amount of talk about. We're going to talk about, obviously, the Cuomos, because, like, duh. Yeah, just, I like, it's all I've been fantasizing about. So I just had to talk about it to someone. Um, Drake's kids, Zach Efron, Selena Gomez. We're going to try to do an update on the TikTok drama and just disclaimer, like, feel free to fast forward if you just simply don't give a shit. I know it's not for everybody, but I also know there are some people that are dying to hear it, right? Fair? <laughs> Is that fair? I think that's fair. <laughs> I think more people are. I think people are dying to hear about it. I think you're definitely dying to talk about it, though. Okay, I, Julie, I have to be honest, though. You know, for a second, I got a little bit self conscious about how deep in I was. Like, I was like, "Wow, Emma, you are 25 years old. Get the, this is ridiculous." And then I was like, "You know something? No, I'm okay with it. It's I'm staying relevant. I can I can keep up my conversations with my like 16 year old family friends. You know? Yeah, I get it. I mean, like, I, I, I'm, I'm in as deep as you are." <laughs> what's wrong with us i don't know i think it's boredom at this point i think so too anyway uh anything else you'd like to say or shall we get into it no let's get into it okay we wanted to start out um just in some corona news obviously people have been coming out left and right and most recently since we left you last chris cuomo and pink both have came out saying that they have corona pink has now tested negative um as did her family but chris cuomo is still battling it and we wanted to take this time to open up a general discussion on something that we know, at least from our DMs, from what we've seen and what we've seen on Twitter, I would say the rest of the country is feeling, which is like this renewed and in, oft- in some cases new love for the Cuomo brothers, right? I feel like the Cuomo brothers is like the internet's obsession right now. No, it is, Julie. It is. Obviously, I get it. I mean, there's a couple things happening here. Everybody always had a thing for Chris Cuomo because he's just a really good looking guy. He, when he speaks, he not only speaks so intelligently, but he also, you can tell he has like a lot of emotional intelligence and he's just the perfect balance of business and pleasure on the news, right? Correct. 
Like, I've always loved Como primetime at 9 o'clock, way before any of this happened. We all did. Right. Then we have Andrew Cuomo out of left field, really being, I think, for a lot of people, he has become like the voice of reason and the voice of stability. And when you look to him to some sort of guidance and he just emulates such leadership. And, you know, on one hand, you're grateful for him because he's doing a really good job in the in light of really un- unfathomable circumstances. But also you're like, holy shit, he's so hot. Right. It, it's very weird what's like it's happening. Hotter, though, that's the thing. What? Like it makes him hotter. Oh, it absolutely makes him hotter. It's, I guess the thing is though, like there are a lot of people that can be in that position and people would still have the same level of respect for him, but the attraction wouldn't be a thing. Right. You know? Absolutely. And, and then on top of it all, their banter, because obviously they're brothers and their banter has just been so highly discussed. Like I said to Julie, I was like, when all of this is over, you know, and, and whenever it is that we resume normalcy and we'll have guests on the podcast again, Chris Cuomo is top of my fucking list. Same. You know? A hundred percent. Oh my God. I, I, <sighs> I can't even talk about it. I know, kid, I know. Anyway, so we hope he gets better soon. I mean, Chris has been, he's obviously sick with it, but his symptoms have been not mild, but mild enough that he's been able to do the show. And I don't know. I think that there's just something really unique about them that they both have this ability to make their make people watching them feel a sense of calmness and yeah, a very comforting presence it's a rare quality at this time um and i don't know the fact that their dynamic is just so highlighted it's, it's a very unexpected thing that's come out of all of this if you would have told me that one of the you know one of the things of this whole pandemic would be that i would have this random attraction to the cuomos like i've never had before i would have told you what i know, you know? Yeah, but then, do you know what the other thing is? Is like, I can't believe that we haven't had it the whole time. Well, I was never sleeping on Chris. No, no one was. No one was, but I guess just not in this way. Yeah, that's what it is. I guess I just wasn't expecting the camaraderie. It's kind of like, you know what it is also? Like, I feel like a lot of people who didn't watch the news, like previously are now watching the news religiously and they're like really in tune to it. It's so true. Like there are people who only knew Anderson Cooper, like truly, there are some people that only knew Anderson Cooper from like Andy Cohen, AC squared tour kind of thing. And now they're like watching him. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, there's, it's, there are a lot of people. It's, that's such a good point. I guess I'm just a religious news watcher anyway. So that didn't change for me. Yeah. That's so true. Okay. Moving on to this next thing, which is absolutely wild. Last week, out, when I say out of left field, I really mean it. 4 a.m. in the morning, about a week ago, Drake shares the first ever picture of his son, Adonis. Yeah. I mean, I didn't think he was ever going to share a picture of him, honestly. Well, there there had been so much. Like, this was such a topic of conversation, and there was so much that went into the fact that he wasn't, and that this was a secret. And then, you know, we, we you and I were both up, remember? Yeah, I remember. I mean, I... I, I've never clicked on an Instagram faster. Yeah, he, let's, why don't we give them a little bit of background just to bring everybody up to speed? Yeah. So the mother of his son is Sophie Brousseau, and she's a former French adult film star, and she's now an artist. And her and Drake met in January 2000, 2017. They were seen eating at a Japanese restaurant in Amsterdam, and he, we don't actually know um, his son's birth date. I don't believe that's been released, but reportedly he was born in October 2017. So clearly this moved quick. Yeah. As you guys remember, the next year in May 2018, Pusha T released the story of Adenon, which basically outed that Drake had this child that he had been hiding from the world. So this, if you guys remember, is what kind of sparked the feud between Kanye and Drake because Drake claims that it had to have been Kanye who told Pusha about the baby. And to this day, Kanye and Pusha both deny Kanye's involvement, but that's kind of what sparked their feud, right? Yeah. So later that year, June of 2018, Drake released his album Scorpion, which on his song Emotionless, he confirms the paternity with the lyric, I wasn't hiding my kid from the world. I was hiding the world from my kid. That was the craziest lyric that's ever come out. That is such a powerful line. No, that was one of the craziest things ever. I'm trying to remember what you, what your reaction was. Um, I don't know if I was with you. You weren't physically with me, but we were talking about it. Yeah, I just thought it was crazy. Like I couldn't, A, I couldn't believe that he confirmed it. 
B, I just thought that line itself was like a crazy way of doing it. I don't know. The whole thing, the whole thing of this whole journey of paternity with Drake has just been wild from beginning to end. Yeah. So later that year, October 2018, he's on um, a LeBron's HBO show, The Shop. And he says, quote, I'm a single father learning to communicate with the woman who we've had her moments. I don't ever want the world to be angry at his mother. We found ourselves in a situation where we're both equally responsible. No matter what happens, I have unconditional love for the mother of my child because I want him to love his mother and I have to project that energy. Which I think people, I'm trying to remember back to that time, that was a really big deal when he yeah. said that. Because I think that was one one of, if not the first time he had ever publicly spoken about his relationship with her, right? Yeah, and it was one of the first times aside from the song that he had spoken about his son. It was the yeah. first interview he gave that he mentioned his son in. And so... A, about a year later, December of last year, he in this interview, um, he revealed that he stayed quiet about his son for so long because he was unsure about the paternity and he wanted to wait for the results before going public. And he said, quote, to be honest with you, I did a DNA test for my son and it came back to us and it said the DNA test got ruined in transit and they couldn't be 100% sure that it was my son or not. I think in the 2019 interview where he was saying it, he was like looking back on initially why he didn't say anything, which a lot of people believe that you know, all of everything that he was saying up until that point was kind of covering his own ass for not telling the world about his child. Um, obviously, we don't know the ins and outs of their relationship or what the whole deal was behind the scenes. So I think in, to, in December of 2019, when he gave that interview, he had fully like come to terms with everything and had played a very involved role in his son's life. Obviously, the world knew about him at this point. It was just kind of looking back on the reason why it took so long was because of the like the drama with the DNA test. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I'm so curious now about also his relationship with the the son's mother. You know, like we saw when he posted the picture, like, you know, clearly they're at least, at the very least, civil. Um, but I just, like, wouldn't you do anything for those details? Yeah, I was reading somewhere um, that she had taken, a, uh, like, a role at an art gallery in Toronto as, like, the head of the gallery, which is, like, presumably to be closer to, to Drake. Um but her, you know, what's really interesting actually is her whole involvement in the art world and as an artist is so interesting because when these first reports came out, which is like very classic and typical media, everything was like Drake fathered a child with adult film star Sophie, like all of the stories. She is like a very well-renowned artist as well. Like she gave the Pope a painting, like there's a, there's a photo of them meeting. So it's just interesting the way she was portrayed in the media. Well, of course. That, I mean, that's like the most, that is the most classic societal portrayal ever. You know, like it's so much easier to sexualize this woman for like a part of her career than to focus on like her accolades in the art world. Because it, it makes a more interesting story. It makes a more interesting headline, you well, know? And it's I, like the death. No, sorry, you go. No, I was just saying like, that's the unfortunate side of media. Because if you, if you're someone, I'm sure there's so many people still now that have no idea about her accomplishments because they don't, they didn't read it. I think the other side of that also though, is the media trying to protect Drake and by making the other person out to be, you know, something less than what she is or presumably less than what she is to protect him and make him look better, which is also interesting. Absolutely. And even to, just to take that a step further, the fact that being an adult film star is even seen as less. Right. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. When like, that's a totally viable career. It's just like, it's, yeah, there's a lot of layers there. I also think that like, he wasn't doing anything to, um, he wasn't doing anything necessarily to like, let the public know his feelings towards her. You know what I mean? No. It was kind of like guilty until proven innocent, which is yeah. obviously not, you know? Exactly. I, I don't know. Interesting thing. Um, story. I mean, he's posted things about his son in the past. He posted you know, that picture of the balloons that say Adonis from his birthday party that was at Drake's house, which is also the picture in one of the slides where he posted with his son's mother, obviously. Um, he posted something that I think was on Father's Day of his son drawing something. But the fact that he posted his son was was really crazy. I wasn't expecting it. I really was not expecting him to do it. And also, let's acknowledge the elephant in the room that everybody wants to talk about. Yes, he looks absolutely nothing like him. He's fucking adorable. But yes, he looks exactly absolutely like Drake's mom. He looks exactly like Drake's mom. It's insane. It's crazy. It's crazy the way that those genes skipped a generation, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it is. It's crazy. Those eyes. Oh my God. I know. That curly blonde hair. It's adorable. Adorable. And Drake with a kid is fucking hot. 
I know what I always say to you. I cannot wait for the day that he posts with his son. I will not be able to handle it. And that day came. I know, but like, think about that on a much bigger scale. That's going to be when Bieber posts the picture of his kid. No, I actually won't be able. I know I won't be able to handle that. Yeah, Bieber holding a baby is a whole other thing. It's a whole other situation. I've seen him hold a baby before, and it literally is. Remember that video of him and Haley? I'll never forget the baby. Like that's going to be their kid one day. I know. Even handle one goddamn video. No, forget it. Fucking forget about it. And you know the way that Justin uses Instagram and how proud he is to talk about Haley is exactly how he's going to be with his son, with his son or daughter whenever he has one. And oh my god. I know. I, I can't even talk about it. Um, moving on to the next story, which is that Selena Gomez went on Miley Cyrus's new Instagram live show, Bright Minded, which is, I think she does it almost every day. She's had some really big guests. Um, and she spoke about her struggles with anxiety and depression. And Miley kind of asked her, you know, what advice she would give to people who are afraid to discuss mental health and where she would direct them. And she said, quote, Recently, I went to one of the best mental hospitals, McLean Hospital, and I discussed that after years of going through a lot of different things, I realized that I was bipolar. And so when I got, go to know more information, it actually helps me. It doesn't scare me once I know it. And I think people get scared of that. I, correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't that the first time she's ever said that? Yeah, she had spoken previously about um, like how experiencing symptoms associated with bipolar disorder, but this was the first time that she actually confirmed a diagnosis. I, yeah, I have to say about Selena Gomez that she, like any interview that I've ever watched with her, she has been so unbelievably open about her mental health. And I think that they're like, I was happy that Miley asked her that question because she has so many fans who are at such like formative years in their lives. And like hearing her say, like, it's okay. It's nothing to be ashamed of. You know, I want to get the information. It's not, the diagnosis isn't something to be scared of. Like, I think that that's game changing for young people to hear that. Yeah, I so agree. I think she has a very similar effect as Demi Lovato and being that they're such good friends, it makes sense. But I think that the two of them are probably, based on their beginning of being Disney Channel stars and the way they started out, for them to be able to come forward and speak so honestly, I think that carries a lot of weight and possibly a lot more weight than other people have because of who their audience is. First of all, absolutely. And second of all, this is kind of, we were having this conversation last week, I think, I don't remember if it was on the podcast or separately, like, you know, if Britney Spears would have, it's, it's, it's okay. It's both a, um, it's a testament to like Selena's openness, but it's also a testament to where we are at in society because Britney Spears at the time of when she was going through everything, she could have never come out about her mental health struggles because the world would, was not as accepting of enough place about it. You know what I mean? Well, she had to hide yeah. it. Well, she had to hide Spears it. Is that it happened at such a time, like Britney Spears is the perfect case study of, of fame, really, when you think about it and fame and mental health. Because when Britney Spears was going through this, the issue wasn't even that people didn't want to hear it or that people wouldn't have paid attention or that they wouldn't have listened. It was that people were actively rooting for her struggles because they were getting entertainment out of it. So anytime Britney Spears had a breakdown or she was taken to a hospital, she was taken to rehab or she voluntarily went into rehab, it was like people were cheering for it because they had something to entertain themselves with. Whereas now it doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a complete, I think that that's true. Like, I think aside from the fact that just like the media has become, I'm not saying they're there yet because they're not, but more sensitive to like those types of issues. People, I think in general, aren't rooting for this, the failure in the way that they used to be. Yes. Cancel culture is running rampant, but in a different way. Don't you think? Yeah. I think that, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I think that the way that, you know, we absorb, you know, celebrity news and the way that the media portrays celebrity news is a lot different than it was 10 years ago. And it's almost hard to remember that time because the thing is, it wasn't even just about mental health. It was like, think about body image. Like if somebody had gained weight or lost weight, they were the front page of a mag magazine talking about their weight. Like we mm -hmm. don't we really honestly, aside from maybe one thing that I can think of right now, which is daily mail, Snapchat, it, it's not like that anymore. And I don't think people get the same high or the same pleasure off of celebrities' downfalls as they used to. I, I completely agree with that. I think that, I think what's, what's, um, I think what has taken the place of that, if I had to choose, like if I'm putting myself in the, in the mindset of someone who looks for 
not not a celebrity downfall, but who gets enjoyment out of reading an article like that, which because that's just, you know, that's obviously not us. I hate like I hate that shit. I think it's when people get brought down a notch from like an accountability or like an entitlement perspective. You know what I mean? Like, I think that the things that people celebrate, if we're talking about celebrating negativity, I think they celebrate now, like, you know, when a celebrity does something really insensitive and is like called out for it versus when they find out that they lost a ton of weight from their Coke addiction and had to go to rehab and all that kind of stuff. Like it's, does that make sense to you? Yeah, no, I I know exactly what you mean. It's more like, it's not that people aren't still rooting for downfalls. It's just that I think that people who do are rooting for downfalls when they feel that there's something worth rooting against that gets blown up by multiple people's attentions. And I think that as opposed to what it was 10 years ago in the age of Britney Spears and Paris Hilton and and Lindsay Lohan, that people were just rooting for these people to have downfalls because it was their entertainment. There's a difference there. Not that you're right and not that the way it is currently is right. It's just there's a, I think there's a difference in the way that like we as a society are approaching the way we, you know, deal with celebrities and the way, or like famous people in general. It's so true. It's fascinating. I mean, we're, as you know, we're going to be talking more about that with Justin Sylvester. <laughs> he was so good last week. He like teased it a little, but like not too much. I love him. I literally miss having him on. No, I miss him so much. <laughs> I miss him literally so much. Okay. Next story is Tyler Cameron. As you guys know, we're not even Bachelor people, but we have spoken at length about Tyler and Hannah quarantining together because it was the content for the fucking ages, even from just a strictly like, you need to know if they're fucking standpoint, even if that was your base level, you had some sort of interest. So there was a video that was going around on TikTok and this woman, this girl basically posted that Tyler kind of joined in on a random group Zoom, which is a thing that not celebrity celebrities, but like, kind of celebrities are doing have you seen that yeah it's very like I don't get, exactly get how it's happening but I've been enjoying watching the TikTok content of it oh I love it because I don't want to see the whole thing I just want to see the, the major moments so he basically joined in on this like t- zoom and obviously they were asking him questions and they asked him if he and Hannah um what the deal is and he said that they're just friends he goes she's a good friend and then they asked about Gigi and he goes she's a good girl she's dating her old man now Ah, the word old man was interesting usage, no? Well, he meant old man, like old guy. I know, like I know he meant Zane, but it was still like... Well, no, you want to know what my mind immediately went to? What? Take a guess. I don't know. (laughs) When he he said good girl. Oh, yeah. Oh my God. I was just thinking he definitely fucking says that in bed. Yeah. That, I have, that is my... I'm sorry if my, your dad can hear us recording right no, now. If he's yeah. in the basement, I'm really sorry. No, is he, he is? No, no, he can't. Oh, thank God. Um, that, like when a guy says good girl to me, no, that's I, it. I sent you that video of Timothy Chalamet saying it in Ladybird last night, remember? Yeah, Julie, it fucks me up. No, that is, that is next level. That is probably, Timothy Chalamet saying that is probably the hottest thing I've ever experienced in my life. <laughs> I, I, I don't share the same like, thing that you do, but I love that you do. Cause I feel, I feel it for you. Yeah. You wouldn't, it's just not your thing. He's just not my- did you watch that video? Cause you'll feel yeah. it there. No, no, no. I get it. Like, listen, I fucking get it. When he fucked the peach in call me by your name, I was into it. I remember walking out of the, um, of the theater with Rachel and we were both like, why are we so turned on? The funniest thing was, did you see that TikTok that was like, do you know how fucked up we are as a society that Army Hammer and Timothy Chalamet did a movie together and we left being attracted to that like sick little Victorian orphan? Yes. <laughs> that was the funniest shit I've ever seen. Yeah. That's so funny. Oh, I don't know. All I could think about is Tyler Cameron saying good girl. I know. Oh. I will literally, Yeah. That is just, I like it on a sex. I like it in bed. I just like it. I, that is like one of my lines that I just really fucks me up. Yeah. Everyone's obviously different. It's such, there's such a psychology behind what you like. Oh, I feel, I, like, I don't know. For me, I feel like good girl is one of those things that most people oh, aren't. I, I know my mind's going places. Let's get to the next one. <laughs> oh, <laughs> as if this is going to fucking help. We're talking about Zac Efron and Leonardo DiCaprio. Sorry, kid. <sighs> okay. Well, moving on to Zach Efron on Hot Ones. He spoke about having breakfast with Leo, which again, this is one of those stories where I'm like, this, where did this come from? You know? 
I know. So he tells a story about how he's sitting next to Leo at a basketball game and Leo asked him to get breakfast. Quote, he was like, hey man, do you want to like go get breakfast tomorrow? And I was like, yeah, dude. So he wrote his phone number down and handed it to me while the other team was scoring and nobody saw. And he cooked me breakfast that, the, the day at his house. He cooked, he actually, he cooked waffles and then he burned those. And then we made pancakes. It was awesome. Which, <laughs> what? Hold on. Next thing. He goes, I had a billion questions for him. And like sitting next to Leo, I was just like, dude, have you hand, how have you handled this for so long? And he was like, frankly, you're getting it a little bit different. Don't worry about it, man. You're good. That's the biggest hand you can extend, I feel like, in Hollywood is looking out for somebody younger. So rock on, Leo. Thank you, buddy. I can't believe they made pancakes together. I can't believe a million things about that story. First of all, that he wrote his number down on a piece of paper. <laughs> like, what are we, you know? No, like, first of all, you know that, like... Leo only knows one way of doing something, and that's to write his his number down on a piece of paper. He probably still writes his home phone number down. I, Julie, I was like this whole story. And then they went they went for breakfast to his house. You know what I mean? Like that in itself is hilarious. I mean, I understand not wanting to go somewhere that where there was paparazzi, but he burned the waffles. Like that's the kind of thing that I'm I appreciate about Zac Efron. That was a small detail he didn't have to tell us, but he did. That whole story he didn't have to tell us, but he did. First of all, like the idea of Zach and Leo just like intimately eating a breakfast that like Leo cooked for him is probably the funniest thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> it's totally like I totally they didn't have to go somewhere out. Like there are obviously places they could have gone. They could have gone to the Beverly Hills Hotel and just had a breakfast and been left alone. But for them to go over, Leo didn't have a chef cook for them. Somebody didn't bring them waffles outside. It was, it was just the two of them sitting in their kitchen making pancakes together. That is the funniest thing to think about ever. But that's why there's something about those like little mundane activities that have, like, imagine that filmed. Yeah. I, oh my God. Won't you watch the fuck out of that? Of course. And obviously. I know. Um, okay. Next thing, <laughs> Julie, I know we don't care guys. There's just not a lot of news stories. We have to announce it, but I would be lying if I said I really cared. Jesse J and Channing Tatum split again. And I like when they get back together. Yeah. <laughs> anything you'd like to add? Absolutely nothing. Listen, not to compare the two because I want them to both to be happy and thriving. But if you're going to compare to me, Steve Cassie and Jenna Dewan's like romance, especially now that they just had their new baby and all the stuff that he's been posting versus Channing Tatum and Jesse J breaking up for like the a millionth time. My mind is, I just always am going to care about Jenna more. Honestly, you know what's funny is that like I don't even associate the two of them together anymore. Like obviously they were married, obviously they had a kid, I understand, but like when I think about Jesse J and Channing, I like no part of me is even like going to Jenna Day One because I know how happy she is right now. Can I tell you something though? When they I remember when they split up, it was like a really I remember even you and I saying, like, this is so sad. It's one of those that really hits hard. When I think back, I'm like, how were you guys ever married? Because of step up. I even still like now it makes sense, but at the time it made so much sense. But now I guess once I saw, maybe it took me seeing her with someone else to really have it hit home. I like, I am so happy for them that they're not together because it's so clearly the right move. Yeah. But I think movie couples hit differently. Yes, that's true. Absolutely. Um, Also in other baby news, Katy Perry and Orlando Bloom are having a girl and Leighton Meester and Adam Brody are having baby number two. I feel like, honestly, that we don't talk about Leighton Meester and Adam Brody enough. I forget that they're married like once a week. I think the fact, the fact that Blair Waldorf and little Seth Cohen are married is probably the craziest, greatest 2000s thing ever. Yeah, why is that not more talked about? Maybe they're just both really private. They are really private, but like, I, I don't know. There's just something about them. There's, I completely agree with you. Um. Moving on to, uh, God damn, I'm excited for this one. So Jeff Lowe, this is so funny. Okay, basically Tiger King, Netflix is releasing another episode of Tiger King. And the way that this happened was that Jeff Lowe did a cameo for Justin Turner, who's a Dodgers player. And he did the cameo for him and his wife, Courtney. And he said he like basically gave this away. He goes, Hey, Courtney and Justin, and this is Jeff Lowe from the Tiger King show on Netflix. Thank you for watching this show. Uh, Christy, who's the producer said, you're a big fan. And yeah, you need a life. Just kidding. And he goes, you just wasted seven hours on us. Take care guys. We love you. Netflix is adding one more episode. We'll be on next week. We're filming here tomorrow. Like, like there's no way he was allowed to say that. 
I was about to say two, I have two questions for you. Was, did Jeff Lowe just reveal the fact that Netflix was making another episode in his cameo to a Dodgers player and his wife or, and like it was a total accident or did Netflix kind of set this up and want the news to be received this way? No, there's no way Netflix was like, you know, it would be a really great way to spread the message about one episode being released. Why don't you make a cameo for one specific Dodgers player and his wife and hope that they post the clip of it online to get the news out? Can I just say one really quick thing? The only reason, because I agree with you, the only thing that made me think otherwise is if he's referencing the producer, so that's someone obviously they're mutually friends with, right? He said, Christy said you're a big fan seemingly Christy was the one that was set this whole thing up. So he had to send her the video to send. So I'm sure if she had a big, like she saw it before it went to them. Listen, let me tell you something about my friend, Jeff Lowe. I hardly believe that Jeff Lowe was sending the video back for approval. (laughs) I think that Jeff Lowe was like, hold on, let me send this to our producer to make sure it goes okay. No, no, you're and he sent it. You're missing my point. I was saying if it went through her in the first place, like if she said, send me a video. No, she was probably like, hey, can you send them a video? They're a big fan. He plays for the Dodgers and gave him the number. And then he was like, okay, let me just spill the secret on this entire thing. That is some shit. Don't you think there's no way Netflix would have wanted to announce like Netflix probably wanted it to be a surprise. I mean, I obviously hope that it was an accident because that's like the best accident ever. I mean, here's my thing, and I've said this to a lot of people, and I and I um David Spade has been doing interviews with the staff, and they have been absolutely riveting because for the staff to now see what has been like what the response was. You know what I mean? Like they, they didn't know, they, they had no idea what this was going to turn into. They just did a little documentary on what it was like at these fucking tiger zoos. Next thing they know, they're like sensations. And honestly, I watched all of them and I enjoyed all of them. But, and I actually, I enjoy like listening to these people talk, but Jeff Lowe is just, what a scumbag. Oh, what yeah. a scumbag, Julie. The nanny, I can't. When he brings the nanny out in the end and you can just see he is this like women eyes. I, I just, no, he, he makes my skin crawl. He really makes my skin crawl. Yeah. Did you see that? First of all, the best thing that's happened since Tiger King, in my opinion, is like all the really random TikToks that have come up. And there was one that was, I sent it to you last night, that was um, one of Joe Exotic's husbands that wasn't mentioned in the documentary. And he was like, my problem with Joe Exotic was that he never wanted to be the big spoon. He's like, I'm 115 pounds because of my drug use. Like, I can't be the big spoon. (laughs) Did you see that? I missed that. I think you sent it to me. I didn't watch it. It was so, so, so funny. He wasn't mentioned, though, in the documentary at all, was he? It was like the caption on it is like, Joe Exotic's fourth husband that's not mentioned. And he's like, the only problem I have with, one of the problems I have with Joe Exotic is that he never wants to be the big spoon. Another thing that I wanted to point out, and I wanted to make a correction from last week, is I'm sure you guys remember Saf from the documentary, who was the person who... Um, lost his hand in that tiger accident and then like went back to work literally five days later because he was the MVP. Mm-hmm. And all these articles came out after and were like, you know, Tiger King staff quickly became a fan favorite for being one of the very few level-headed, level-headed people on the hit docuseries, but that he was misgendered the entire thing, which I obviously felt bad about because when we were talking about it last time, I said she, because that's what everybody else said and that's what we all thought. And I guess what happened was, and when I was doing our research on this, that his pronouns weren't really made clear on the show. And so a lot of people were referring to him with female pronouns. And Robert Moore, who was the guy who created the podcast, Joe Exotic Tiger King, way before the docuseries, came out and said on Twitter, not really trivia, but a useful piece of info for anyone discussing the show. Saf, the person who got mauled by the tiger, told me repeatedly that he is trans, prefers to be called Saf, and uses he, him pronouns. So please do likewise. So Saf addressed this in an interview with Out and kind of was asked how he feels about people not using the proper pronouns. And he said, I think the reason that I stay pretty neutral on it all is I've never been one to tell people what to be or what to say or how to handle anything. It's a big community out there, so I don't want to pick a side either way. If people are asking me what I prefer, it's very obvious what I prefer. And that's he. And then he said, but I'm not going to tell anyone what they need to or should call me. I think that everyone's entitled to their own opinion. And I'm obviously as easygoing in that department as I can get. He also said that, 
you know, he uses male pronouns, but he doesn't identify as a trans man. And he said, quote, I don't know that that, that, I don't know that that describes me. You know, nothing was done. I really just have lived this lifestyle. And, you know, my family knows this and obviously people closest to me know this is how I've lived my entire life. I don't know anything else. So personally, we just wanted to correct ourselves because last time we said she, but I also think that like, I don't know how anything went down. So I'm not putting blame on anyone, but that's not right. Like there's, that should have been made clear in the docuseries that those were the pronouns that he wanted to be referred to as. Absolutely. You know, cause how, how it's not, it, and, and I think he, he was super like level-headed about it. It's not necessarily people's fault. It was never made clear. But now no. that we know it's a whole thing, like no, no better, do better. What? Exactly. Yeah. So now that we know, we just wanted to make that clarification. Okay. Next thing. <laughs> this is like, you know, Julie, when I was watching the videos, I had a flashback to when we did our emergency episode on the James Charles Tati situation. I is that how you felt? That's exactly how I felt. So we're talking about here is the TikTok hype house drama, which th- let me just tell you straight up, there is literally no way that we could do this in an episode without doing an entire bonus episode on it, either for Patreon or for the regular podcast, because it's so much, don't you think? Yeah, it is. It's a lot. And also it was really like a lot of knowing the intricate details of the hype house and the TikTok groups. And I think that most people listening probably don't have that extensive of a knowledge on it. Yeah. Um, okay. Basically, what a lot of people are talking about is this drama. I'm sure if you've seen anything on TikTok, I think it was trending on Twitter also, you may see like hashtag justice for Daisy or hashtag cancel Thomas, hashtag hype house. Basically what's been going on is the hype house, which you guys know is this content creator house in LA. Um, has recently undergone some drama. And Daisy Keach, who was one of the former members, was the one who kind of sparked this by posting this 20-minute YouTube video explaining why she left the Hype House, everything that happened, and really kind of calling out Thomas, who is seen as kind of like the manager of the Hype House, right? Right. So, you know, in her video, I'm not going to get into the whole thing. She, one of the claims that she makes is that when they were putting down money for the house, you know, she put down 18,000. Chase, who's little huddy, Charlie D'Amelio's ex-boyfriend, we'll get into that in a second, also put down 18,000. Thomas put in 5,000 and Cover and Alex each put in 2,500. Um, you know, and she said, even though she put down so much more than Thomas, she was never given the recognition. She was never listed as a co-founder in any of the press articles that they did. Uh, she kind of listed just a lot of shady shit that went on. And I think her video was pretty, like, I watched hers before I watched his response, obviously, because it came out first. And I remember being like, she sounds very, like she's being very truthful right now. That was my initial reaction. I don't know how you felt. Yeah, no, I felt similarly. I mean, listen, the thing is, when these things come out, it's like, that's the reason that I felt it was so similar to the James Charles situation, because it's like, when these things come out, you always, first of all, your first instinct is to believe whosoever video you're watching, because you have no reason not to. So for example, when Tati came out with her video, you're like, oh my God, you're eating it up because you're like, oh my God, all this stuff coming out, all this drama, it has to be true. She's saying everything. And then James Charles came out with his video with all of these receipts and everything that went down. And you're like, okay. But you also, you know what I mean? It's hard to know who people are talking to you, who's telling the truth. It's the same thing. It's like there's three sides to every story. Yeah. So he comes out with his video, which basically kind of, and I have to say, by the way, something that she said in hers, which again, I'm not getting into all the details, is that they were friends, you know, before this ever happened. And she was not like, I think that she did it as classy as one could. She like, repeatedly says she doesn't wish any ill will on him. And she kind of ended it like on top saying, listen, Thomas, thank you actually for showing me what I needed to learn and for making me become a better businesswoman because there were so many things that I just didn't know. And I kind of let you wrong me. That was kind of like how she ended it. So in, in the time between his video coming out um, and hers being released, if you looked on TikTok, his comments were fucking flooded with hashtag justice for Daisy. You know, Alex and Cover's comments, Lil Huddy's comments, like everybody was 100% on Daisy's side, especially because one, Lil Huddy isn't that well-liked and two, Thomas isn't that well-liked. He hasn't been that well-liked since the Team 10 days and Daisy is comes across as very likable and I think people were really looking for a reason to attack like the Hype House at any cost. That was my initial, what I got from the comments. Right.
So Mother's Day is coming up. And I know sometimes it can be difficult figuring out what to get your mom because realistically, no gift is going to do justice for how much you love and appreciate her. But I'm sure you've done the classic, you know, bathrobe, candle, sweaters, gift cards. If you're looking to mix it up, I want to tell you about Aura Frames. So they were named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. And it's just the kind of gift that is guaranteed to bring joy because realistically, there's nothing our parents love more than seeing us. So for them to be able to see more of us, even if you don't live close by, like that is probably the best gift you could give a parent. They're Wi-Fi connected. They come with unlimited storage. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. And it's easy to set up. It takes about two minutes to set up a frame using the Aura app. We have one in my kitchen and every time my dad comes down for breakfast, like it just makes him so happy. There's pictures of me, pictures of me and my parents when I was little, pictures of my grandparents. Like I think as a parent, you never get sick of that. And it's just the kind of gift I know she will love. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code CBC at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. So next, Cover, who's obviously one of the Hype House members, one of the founding members, and someone who Daisy referenced in her video, and also the only other, I believe, female member, definitely other female co-founder. And she posted screenshots of her conversation with Daisy and not all of them, but just a couple of them and basically showed how, you know, Daisy was never really in the house and how Daisy wasn't responsible, et cetera. Daisy's best friend, Abby, at Abby R-A-O on Instagram, posts on her story and is like, Daisy's not going to speak on this, so I am. Basically, Cover, fuck you. You know, if you're going to post those conversations, post all of them. And she starts posting all of the screenshots between Cover and Daisy and kind of... They both, I thought to me, they both looked bad. Like Cobra looked worse, but they both looked bad. It was just like, I couldn't even believe how unintelligent that conversation was on both of their, like the halves. Like, you know, Cobra sounded really jealous and in, in saying like, you're never here. You're always at the gym. You're this, you're that. And, and also sounded really lazy by kind of like, just she, I don't know, she wasn't doing any for chores, et cetera. But Daisy also sounded pretty condescending. Like I just thought both of them were, they, there was just a terrible communication there. I don't know if you felt that way. Yeah, I think that it was just, I think it was one of those things that when, you know, the the issue originally was really between Thomas and Daisy. And I think things always get really messy when outside people start showing their receipts because it opens it up to a whole different set of issues. Yeah, it does. And, you know, Cover, in, in Daisy's video, she, the only person she came after was Thomas, but the rest of the members were kind of on Thomas's side, protecting him. And that's how this happened. And he, before he releases his video, he posted a story saying like, lies, lies, lies. Um, And he also turned off the comments on his TikToks because he was getting a lot of hate, which like, this is the kind of shit that I'm going to choose to believe no one that listens to our podcast does this. But like, if you are one of those people, there is absolutely nothing you will ever gain from commenting hateful shit on the person you dislikes. I mean, the person you're a fan of, person they're feuding with. Like, it's just the most, I just can't even. Well, I think the issue also is that when things happen at a time like this, not that it doesn't happen normally, but I think especially in a time where people are, they have, they actually have nothing to do right now. Like people are just looking for something to do. So for them, like getting involved in someone else's drama seems like the easiest form of entertainment right now. I think we have seen a lot of that in the past few weeks. Yeah. So Thomas comes out yesterday with a video, same kind of thing, 25 minute deal where he's like, listen, I heard Daisy's video. I'm asking you to please listen to this whole thing. And he was really starting as the underdog, I think in this fight, because people, Daisy's a more fun person to take her side if you're choosing. So, and of course, you know, she's moved out of the hype house by now. She's living in this gorgeous house called Clubhouse Beverly Hills with um, a couple of other people. She hasn't fully explained the details behind how they're doing that, but it was an opportunity presented to her. It blows the hype house out of the water in terms of being ostentatious, et cetera. So Thomas gets on and he basically pulls a James Charles, comes back at every single one of her claims, pulls out receipts, says, you know, she never wanted to be there for the press opportunities. She, you know, it was, I wasn't, it's not that I just didn't give her access to the email. Nobody had access to the email except, you know, our agency, a lot of shit. What else did he say? You know, talked about how one of her claims was that she came to the house one day and they were filming a, filming a music video. She's like, I knew absolutely nothing about that music video, but it was even happening. And I come into my room and there's a whole production team in there. And he's like, first of all, she knew about the music video. Here are the texts when I told her about it. And she asked if we were getting paid for it. He's like, and second of all, she had moved out of the house two weeks before that. So her room was no longer her room. It was Nick's room. So like, 
you watch his whole video and you're like, wait a second, what's going on here? You know? Yeah, exactly. Well, also, I think that this happens when really young people do things like this. You know, you for, we forget that, honestly, at the end of the day, they're kids. Even if they're in their 20s, like the oldest one, I think, in the entire house is, what, 23? Yeah. I, this and is how I'm used for actions. I just think it's more like when you're young and you're doing things, you don't always have the best grasp on the way things work. And I think that everybody in the hype house right now is kind of learning these business practices as they go. And some go well for them and others come back to bite them. And I think that's the whole issue that's going on here. Yeah, I think there was also a lot of naivety in the sense of thinking, like, I get it. I, I, I actually respect the ambition, but I think there was a lot of, you know, naivety in thinking that it was gonna, like, work out seamlessly. There's just no way. You don't move, you know, 10 hormonal teenager slash 20 year olds into a house, into this giant mansion and expect that things are just going to go smoothly without any hiccups. Like, yeah, there's no way. Um, but what I wanted to say is I think it was a perfect storm of Thomas already being seen as kind of like cringe. Like he's not very well liked in general. He had posts in a lot of his previous press interviews, even in the Entertainment Tonight video or Entertainment Weekly video, he said something like, okay, you guys, when he was giving the house tour, he said to the camera, it's like, okay, you guys got to go. I got to make sure these kids are doing their TikToks. Like he gave off this kind of creepy, like manager controlling vibe. So he already had that going for him. So it didn't, it's not like people wanted to root for him. And I think it was also coupled by the fact that like, in all honesty, Daisy made some really stupid business decisions, which she did. So Half the stuff I don't think was even his fault. Maybe I'm not saying he's the most morally sound person in the world, but technically he was right. But it was just a perfect storm of like, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I totally agree. I also, oh, this is what I want to tell you. I didn't even tell you this. I got sucked really deep into a rabbit hole. Of what? And when I was watching Thomas's video after I watched two other videos, the first was Josh Richards... Uh, Bryce Hall and Nick Bean responding to this drama because they do this thing called like talk, like basically they do this like 10 minute gossip thing on YouTube. And they were kind of like siding with Daisy a little bit. They didn't really say much, but they were kind of just siding with Daisy. I think they, Bryce just wants to get with her. Like, honestly, that's what he kind of said. Um, but they're already not huge fans of Thomas anyway. So, right. That, you know, although I know, now I feel like I have to give a little, Okay. I really quick feel like you don't have to keep going. <laughs> no, Julie, we got so many DMs about this. You can people can fast forward if they no, don't. No, want. no, I'm just saying. Like, I feel like you don't have to. Like, there's going to be a million things that people don't understand about this because you have but to be really in it to understand. Okay, but let me just quickly say one other thing. Okay, about that and about that, and I have to tell you about this video. So, just for other background, Josh Richards and Bryce Hall, who are members of the Sway House, posted a diss track of. Um, Lil Huddy and everybody thought like, oh my God, they hate each other. And then a couple of days later they were at the hype house. So things are fine. It's more of like the feud is more for the publicity of it, but I think they're civil, but still they're not huge fans of his. But this is what I have to tell you. So in my research, I watched, I ended up on this video, this like 35 minute video of this girl who used to be best friends with Alex and Cover in Hawaii. Like, was Alex was her best friend in the world. Then she lived with Cover. Cover lived with her in LA when they moved back, etc. Julie, Cover's fucking past with relationships is the craziest shit I've ever heard. No way. Her, she's like, and I'm not saying this with judgment. I, I just know for a fact this girl was telling you the truth. She had all of the receipts and she was so heartfelt. She's like a serial cheater. Like she was you know, was with this guy, was cheating on him, finally broke up with him, got with this new guy, Tyler. She's dating Tyler, et cetera, falls in love with Alex. F you know, finally tells Alex, okay, I'm going to break up with him for you. Starts fully dating Alex, okay? And this girl is best friends with Alex at the time. And so she's like, listen, Cobra, like you can't do what the shit that you did to your other boyfriend to him. Like, I care about this guy too much, okay? Right. He, they start dating, things are fine. They go back to LA. I mean, they're fighting a lot because obviously he had trust issues. They go back to LA and the girl one night gets a phone call from her ex-boyfriend and she and he's like, where's my girlfriend? And she's like, who's your girlfriend? And he's like, Cover. She's like, what? She never broke up with him even though she told everybody she did. Wait, so dating, you really got into a rabbit hole. Julie, she was dating Alex and this other guy at the time. Alex was heartbroken. They broke up. Then he, she finally said, he finally said, we can get back together if you block the guy, came to his house, blocked him on all social media. 
They kept it like just like like crazy, 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 crazy stuff. She had such a crazy life, such a toxic upbringing. Wow, that's wild. Yeah, crazy shit, right? Wow, I know. (laughs) Wow, I watched the whole thing. You really, kid? I know. So, for anybody wondering, yes, but I think it just was going to have to be a Patreon thing because it's not. It doesn't. It's not sustainable enough to do a whole episode on it. But I could go for on for this for days. And yes, I do think Lil Huddy and Charlie are broke up, have broken up. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. But the um, so young. Like, you know what I mean? They're what so everybody expecting. No, completely. Doing your hair has the potential to be such a time-consuming process if you're not using products that really work for you and honestly really work with you. And for me, I'd say generally speaking, my hair is pretty easy to manage, but it does get frizzy. I have a lot of split ends, so I'm always looking for things to manage the frizz. And recently I've been into a new product from Way. It's their anti-frizz cream. So it's a really lightweight cream. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours and also heat protection up to 450 degrees. You're kind of killing two birds with one stone. And the thing I really like about it is that it helps reduce and repair split ends while quenching dry hair with intense hydration. So you can feel like it just feels good on your hair. For me, I get out of the shower. I always spray in the leave-in conditioner. I've told you guys about that before, but I love it. A little anti-frizz cream and you're good to go. I also, I mean, I love a lot of things from Way, but I like their detox shampoo. I don't use that every week, maybe once a week, maybe once every other week, but I feel like it gives my hair a really, really good clean. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code CELEBS for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code CELEBS. Let's talk about something near and dear to our hearts, our furry companions. Life is full of unexpected twists, just like the ones we love to uncover about our favorite celebs. But sometimes those twists involve our four-legged friends. Imagine navigating the unpredictable world of pet parenthood, where every day is a new adventure. Our partner, Spot Pet Insurance, wants to share a message to help make sure you're prepared for any unexpected curveballs, whether it's a sudden illness or an unplanned trip to the vet. Spot Pet Insurance can be your secret weapon against the unexpected. With Spot, you can get up to 90% cash back on eligible vet bills, helping you with those surprising expenses that seem to pop up when you least expect them. But wait, there's more. Spot Pet Insurance plans go beyond just offering coverage for accidents and illnesses. You can enhance your plan with their preventive care benefit, ensuring that routine wellness, vaccines, and more can be covered too. Head over to spotpet.com today to get a quote instantly. Trust us, it's the easiest thing you'll do to help secure the well-being of your dog or cat. Visit www.spotpet.com today. Paid ad from Spot Pet Insurance. Waiting periods, annual deductible, coinsurance, benefit limits, and exclusions may apply. For all terms, visit spotpetins.com slash sample hyphen policy. Insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. Okay, do you feel comfortable moving on to the award ceremony? Let's do it. Funniest comment of the week goes to Cardi B. Uh, someone posted this article, Tiger at NYC's Bronx Zoo test positive for coronavirus. And she comments, I'll tell you how, Carol fucking Baskin. <laughs> like C- Cardi's obsession with Tiger King is, 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 is never. It's next level. Oh, and I get it. It's just amazing because obviously that was everyone's first thought when they saw the tiger had Corona. And I was, I was honestly sitting here waiting to see what celebrity was going to comment something first about it. And I am so happy that it was Cardi. Me too. Me too. Best clapback goes to Oprah, which I got to tell you, I love when she wins that category. I just love when Oprah does anything on Instagram. I think it's the greatest thing ever. Someone comments, what have you donated to help coronavirus? And she says, donated to multiple food pantries that serve the elderly, indigent, and they're still delivering. All in towns where I grew up or lived. Also, Minnie's Food Pantry in, P- in Plano and Dallas. Never lived there, but they do a great job in case you, all capitals, want to make a donation. Good for you, Oprah. That's my girl. Listen, come at Oprah for a lot of things. Don't fucking come at her for her philanthropic con- contributions. Oprah, don't come at Oprah. Well, don't. But I mean, if you're going to, don't come at her for the one thing that she's like known yeah. for doing. Yeah. Okay. Kardashian recap? Yes, please. Although there's not like- much this week. No, there's not. I mean, there's literally not much content in general. I didn't see that Black China thing, though. Yeah, I, I saw it. So just to tell you guys, remember, obviously, in last week's episode where Courtney and Kim went fucking at it? So uh, Chloe tweeted and said, I would demolish Court's ass. Oh, well, don't play. I'm 5'10". She's five feet on a good day. And 
Black China posted on her story. What about five two? That's crazy that she posted that. It's a direct. I'm sorry, that's not a subtweet. That's a direct. Like no, nobody can even say. No, that's clearly a direct response. It was just like the weirdest direct response ever. I feel like. I forgot that they even refused. Like I, she's so removed from my orbit, Black China. Well, I thought that they would like kind of both had an agreement that it was not worth it for them to be publicly like, and not that this is such a feud or like such a statement. I just feel like any type of involvement, I feel like they were both under the agreement of just like keeping each other's names out of their mouths. Yeah. It's like, can you not? Like, for, like especially for the sake of, of, of dream. Yeah, for sure. I also wanted to say um, Jordan Woods posted this TikTok of her. She's friends with Megan The Stallion and she posted them doing the Captain Hook Challenge her I forget who the other person was, but her sister, Jody. I like, I'm obsessed with them. I think her and Jody together are a killer sister duo. I mean, you literally texted me the other day. I'm voting Jody for president. <laughs> I, know. I love her. <laughs> She's, they're so, I think they are also so beautiful. I think those girls are like, I mean, they look exactly, they're twins. I've never seen a, twins that way with such an age difference. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's pretty wild. Also, Kim's documentary on Oxygen, The Justice Project, came out tonight, Sunday night. Um, I watched half of it. I was like kind of catching up on the YouTube videos, but I, I'm just so like, I don't know. I'm just so happy that she's doing this. Yeah, I'm so happy. I'm so proud of her. I'm so proud of the work she's doing. I think it's unbelievable. And I think it's unbelievable for people to be able to see what she's doing. She, one of the the um, people that she brought on was this guy, Dr. Mark Howard, who does this prisons and justice initiative class and she went, so he basically, you know, does a class for inmates and she went and, and just hearing these people speak about how like this one guy's like, I had a doctor coming into this and like, I have not learned nearly as much as I've learned from this class. He basically is um, a professor at Georgetown that put this Georgetown class into the prison in DC and it's game changing. And like, it's there, there's so much. I mean, I'm obviously not going to recap the whole thing, but the whole idea of like rehabilitation and like giving these people educational resources and mental health resources are so, so, so important. It's like, you can't just lock someone up and, and act as if like they are now irrelevant to society. It doesn't work like that. Like I, it's such an inhumane treatment and her just shedding light on that. I just think it's like a really beautiful thing that she's using her platform for. Yeah, I so agree. I mean, also it's, I think it's at this point, it's gone so far beyond just her platform. It's really become her like life's work. Like it Mm -hmm. almost, I think the way that she talks about what she's doing and the passion she has for it is that like, I think she feels in a way that everything that she's done in her life has led her to being able to do this. I think I totally agree. I totally agree. Also, that's the class who she zoomed in with um, when she surprised students and zoomed into Dr. Mark Howard's class. And then she was like, sorry, guys, one second. North just went outside and I'm afraid she's going to fall in the pool. <laughs> There's nothing funnier than that. I know. I actually know somebody who was in that class. What? Or like, and Kim- I don't know that I know them, but he went to my high school. That is wild. My sister told me last night. Yeah. Tyler Cameron crashing a Zoom could never. Yeah. Shaking, quite frankly. Tyler is shaking. Also, there was this video of Stormy True in Chicago that just fucked me up. Oh my God, they are the cutest. I can't, I cannot handle it. Who is cuter than the three of them? No, no one. No one. It is, oh my God, it's adorable. I know. I thought we were going to be getting more kid content though. I thought so too. It's been kind of light. I want so much more. I know. I have so many... I just, I just want Stormy, honestly. Like as much, you know, I love Chicago as much, if not more than the next guy, but I just feel like I need Stormy. I mean, obviously you know how I feel. I know. I'm Stormy's number one stan. I might start a Stormy stan page, quite frankly. You are. We also didn't put in here the Kendall Harry Styles thing. What was that? They were just seen together. She was riding in her car with Fi in Palm Springs and Harry was like next to her on a bike. Um wasn't like any other pictures of them. I mean, listen, at the very least, we know they're friends. Yeah. I mean, that Spill Your Guts, Spill Your Guts is probably the greatest thing ever. I just think they have an amazing chemistry, even just as friends. They I don't do. Think that really means anything more. I mean, listen, in my, I would love for Kendall to be with Phi. Like, I think that that's something that everybody's rooting for. But clearly, if they haven't th- this thus far, like, there, there must be a reason. Maybe they're just more platonic. But everybody went to Harry, where my first thought was like, oh. What about Phi? She's always with Phi though. So it's not news for her to be with Phi. 
I know, I know, I know. I just, I don't know. I think about it sometimes. I know you do. You know? I know. <laughs> Although... The re- that clip someone posted in the Patreon group, that clip from a couple seasons ago where she's talking, I think, to Courtney saying how like she's not the kind of person who falls in love gradually. She's like, I see someone and it hits me in that moment. Yeah, that was interesting. It was very interesting. And I think that that's like, like that, 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 that in itself would make sense as to why she's not with him because they've been friends for so long. You know what I mean? Where she needs someone to have to have to start. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, we love you guys. We will see you. We'll see them on Friday, right? For Kardashian. Kardashian. I know. Just can't remember the days these days. Love you guys. Stay home. Stay inside. Stay safe. And we love you.